Greetings, fellow Earthlings. This is Dave with a mobile episode of the podcast and another thing with Dave. Doing this one from the car. I just thought it was really, really important to talk about what's going on in Ukraine right now and to give a little history and a little bit of a background. So, the if you watch the Western media, you would think Putin is evil and we need to run in and help Ukraine. Well, I'm not saying that that's wrong. All I want to do is provide a history of what's going on, because nothing happens in a vacuum, right? So, let's look at the events that led up to this. There was what's called the Minsk Accord after World War II. NATO and the U.S. agreed that NATO would not move be, uh, towards Russia beyond Germany. Well, they've expanded into 14 countries right up to the border of Russia now. And apparently, uh, the U.S. and NATO would like Ukraine to join NATO. So that would be another NATO country on Russia's border. Then we have the, the two breakaway regions, right? So hold on to that idea. These two breakaway regions that Putin just recently recognized as independent countries. All right. Um, I, I want to just take a little break and tell you where I got this information. On YouTube, the Jimmy Dore Show is a fantastic source of information. He did a great report on this where he had uh, reporter Max Blumenthal, investigative reporter Max Blumenthal on, and Max broke it down for us, broke us down the history. Um, and then another place that you can get some good information on what's going on in the history there is Lee Camp, on also on YouTube, Lee Camp with Redacted Tonight or Moment of Clarity. He does both of those shows. And on Redacted Tonight, Lee Camp interviewed investigative journalist Ben Norton. And Ben Norton very eloquently broke down the history, you know, involving the EU, the U.S., the Ukraine, and Russia. So apparently, in 2013, U.S. Senator John McCain and the uh, Secretary of State and the CIA went to the Ukraine, met with ultra-right-wing nationalists, and then uh, basically decided who they were going to put in, in power as a puppet government, right? Then a year later, 2014, there was a coup in Ukraine, backed by the U.S., and we overthrew the democratically elected president, uh, Yanukovych of, of Ukraine. So the 2014 ousted the democratically elected president, Yanukovych, who was friendly towards Russia. We put in a puppet who was not friendly towards Russia, right? Now, come towards recent history, then Zelensky just won in a landslide uh, and his platform was all about peace, right? You know, a uh, little tangent. Those two breakaway regions. Those two breakaway regions, the Donetsk, Donbass, and uh, Lubensk, or whatever, 
those places, those two territories have been fighting against Ukraine ever since that 2014 coup that overthrew the Democratic elected president. They've been fighting against that uh, basically puppet regime ever since 2014. So now you enter recent times, 2019, Zelensky wins in a landslide because he's preaching anti-war, he wants to bring a peace, have this all settled. However, he doesn't have any power because he's a U.S. puppet. So he's unable to get a peace agreement going. He's unable to, 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 to negotiate peace because he doesn't have any power. He's a puppet, right? Um, there were there were also uh, reports of him making phone calls to Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, asking Joe Biden to, to stop ramping up the pro-war rhetoric. So he and Putin were saying, there's not going to be a war, there's not going to be an invasion. Whoa, ramp down the rhetoric. But then the U.S. media was going, oh, there's going to be a, Russia's going to commit a false flag attack. Like, how would you know that another country is going to commit a false flag attack? A false flag attack is either a lie saying that your enemy attacked you when they never really did, which is what the U.S. government did in the Gulf of Tonkin, and that enabled us, that gave us the justification to go to war in Vietnam. Now, with the perspective of history we realized the Gulf of Tonkin never happened. It was completely fabricated and created to give the U.S. the pretense to go to war in Vietnam. Okay? So the other type of false flag is where you actually do carry out a bombing or an attack of some sort, like the Germans did when... Uh, like uh, Hitler did or the Nazi party did when they took power. They torched the Reichstag building and then they blamed it on their opposition and then they, you know, passed sweeping measures to take, you know, take power of the government and the rest is history. So this happens all the time, all the time, right? So for the U.S. to say, we have definitive information that Russia's going to carry out a false flag, what? And they would never say what information they have. It was some tool from the State Department saying, uh, well, I just told you. And then a reporter called him out like, no, you just made a comment. You didn't point to any information or factual, fact, any facts, right? So my gut on this is that the U.S. was going to plan a false flag operation and that Putin knew this because of the rhetoric, so he just went ahead and started, started the operation. Um, I mean, that is the biggest tell, right, that the U.S. government is saying, oh, we know Russia's going to commit a false flag operation. Wow. Wow. So... You know, just don't believe the hype. Don't believe the Western media at all. In the United States, all of our media, all newspaper, television stations, radio stations, newspapers, magazines, everything, all of them owned by five corporations. And those five corporations are all pro-war. So you will never hear an anti-war voice in the U.S. media. You just won't. You know, um... Who was that? There was a guy who had the highest rated Donahue, the Donahue show, Phil Donahue. He had the highest rated 
television show on their network. He spoke out against the Iraq war and he was terminated. He had their highest rated program for like 20 plus years. The Donahue show was, you know, it was a staple. Soon as he spoke out against the Iraq war, he was history. They don't care about <laughs> they don't care about what you want to watch. They don't care about ratings and all that. Not 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 when it comes down to it, you know. Um, I've also listened to many reporters who have been in the mainstream media and then gone off to do their own thing on YouTube, Russia Today, or wherever they can. And what they've said is that you're not necessarily told what to talk, what to not talk about, but they just hire people that have the same, that parrot the same talking points, right? And then, uh, you know, and then I just watched this thing on, on global leaders, right? Global leaders. So there's an organization that trains global leaders to say what we want to hear. So AOC is one of these. Justin Trudeau in Canada is one of these. Uh, Pete Buttigieg is one of these being groomed for a world leader, right? So they're learning what to say. It's pretty amazing. Um, but, you know, just remember that the first casualty of war is the truth, right? So it just hurts me. I go on social media and I see these people, Putin's thinking that he can do, like nobody knows what Putin is thinking. If you're one of these people, just check yourself. Zip it for a minute and use your ears. Do some research. Find an investigative journalist. Check out what Max Blumenthal's doing. Listen, you know, check out what, uh, what Ben Norton is doing because these people are digging for facts, right? Um, but it just kills me when people get all up in their feelings and they just parrot what the mainstream media is saying. Well, I don't think Putin has, you don't know Putin. You have no idea what's going on. I'm so tired of hearing about people's feelings. Well, Putin's evil. Why? Because we've been brainwashed to think that by the U.S. government for 40 years? 40 years. All through my teenage years, I was told there's going to be a nuclear Armageddon. Russia's going to nuke us. We had to do drills to duck and cover under our desk in the, in the classroom as if that's going to save you in a nuclear war, right? They just didn't want panic in the streets. So they tell you just to, you know, bow, you know, just kowtow and get under your desk and be a good, you know, just die in peace under your desk. That's what they told us. That's where heavy metal was born, was the Cold War with Russia, because there was really no hope for a future. It was such a grim outlook. And now the U.S. is bringing us full circle right back to that, right? So, Let's look at how many military bases Russia has surrounding the U.S. Oh, none. Right? We, we freaked out when they put missiles on Cuba back in 1962, the Bay of Pigs, Cuban Missile Crisis. Well, now all those 14 NATO nations that I mentioned that had, had, had uh, passed Germany towards Russia, well, they all have missiles and all of them are pointing at Russia. The U.S. has a thousand military bases around the world. We have Russia and China completely surrounded. We're poking, poking the Russian bear 
with, uh, you know, with Ukraine. Like, why do we really care about Ukraine? There's no drinkable water in Flint, Michigan. The U- United States infrastructure is falling apart, right? So this is unbelievable. And, and, you know, and then China, we're telling China what to do with Taiwan. Look at Puerto Rico. The U.S. has territories still. Puerto Rico, Guam, the Virgin Islands. Hawaii was made a state, but the other ones aren't. The other territories, Guam, Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, you can't vote as a U.S. citizen. You don't get any rights of a U.S. citizen, but you're a U.S. colonial territory, right? So how does the U.S. have any right to talk to Russia or China and tell them what they should be doing with their territories? It's all about the New World Order China and Russia are two of the only countries, two of the only big countries left without a central bank. So look up central banks. Um, there's a great documentary that goes into the banking system and central banks and fractional reserve banking. It's called Zeitgeist the Addendum. And it breaks down the monetary system in the U.S. and for much of the world. And uh, one thing you'll learn is that anybody who has gone against the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve, right? People think it's a federal institution. It's no more federal than Federal Express. It is a for-profit corporation founded by the world's biggest banks. They get to print the money and then loan it to the U.S. government at 25% interest. Why don't we, why doesn't the U.S. government just print their own money through the Treasury Department? Oh, because of this cabal of banksters. Because any president that has ever tried to do that has been assassinated. Right? So, this is the real deal. This is the real deal. It's finances. Right? Do you know why the U.S. invaded uh, Iraq and took out Saddam Hussein? It had nothing to do with Kuwait. We baited him into invading Kuwait. He had called George Bush Sr. personally and asked him on the telephone, Hey, I'm thinking of doing this, and nobody knows why he did it. Kuwait was diagonally drilling into Iraq's oil wells. So Iraq was not having it. Called up George Bush Sr., said, hey, I'm going to take care of this. Are we good? George Bush said, you do what you got to do, man. We don't care. As soon as he crossed the border into Kuwait, it was a total setup. We We were rolling, rolling to go get him as soon as he crossed the border into Kuwait. So we totally set him up, right? But why did we have to take him out? Because he was going to start selling oil in the euro and in the Russian ruble instead of the dollar. So there's this thing called the petrodollar. Somehow, the U.S. strong-armed the whole rest of the world into this agreement of the petrodollar after World War II. What this means is that if any country wants to buy oil anywhere in the world, They have to first take their currency, exchange it into dollars, U.S. dollars, sometimes at a loss because of the exchange rate. Then they can buy oil with those dollars, right? So it's ridiculous. It's antiquated. It's a strong arm tactic. And people should be able to buy oil in their own damn currency, right? So that's why we invaded Iraq, because Saddam was going to go with the euro and the ruble. We couldn't have that. That's why we invaded Libya, because Gaddafi was going to switch to the gold standard and sell his oil in gold. 
So the U.S. government would have had to buy gold and then purchase the oil. We don't have any gold anymore, thanks to the Federal Reserve, right? Gaddafi was also going to encourage all the countries in Africa to switch to the, the gold standard. He even had a coin that he was minting, the gold dinar, D-I-N-A-R, look it up. So that is why we invaded Libya and killed Gaddafi in such a brutal, brutal, horrific fashion and then had his body paraded around for the public to see so that those in the know know, hey, <laughs> you go trying to mess with the petrodollar, you're next, right? You know what Gaddafi had done? So women had equal rights there. Women could go to school. Women could drive. Um, everybody in that country got a $900 a, a month check from the oil revenues because it was, you know, socialized. Everybody got the benefit. You know what he was doing? One of the world's, it would have been like the eighth wonder of the world. It was the biggest construction project in the world. He was doing a water pipeline that a semi-truck could drive through. And he was going to create the most fertile farmland in the world in an African desert. Because underneath the Sahara Desert is a ginormous aquifer. So he was going to tap into that and then turn Libya into the Garden of Eden, growing tons of food, you know, that would have been able to have been distributed throughout Africa, ending famine and, and heartbreak and starvation. But no, nope, the U.S. military blew that shit up because we don't want them bettering themselves. Then they won't be subservient to us, right? So come on, people, it's always about money. Now enter the Ukraine, right? Huh. So... Russia, Putin was going to build a pipeline, a gas pipeline, bypassing Ukraine and going under the ocean directly to Germany to supply all of Europe with cheap, affordable natural gas. Well, the United States didn't like that. We want Europe to use our natural gas, and we're willing to go to war to make that happen, even though our natural gas is much more expensive because it has to be put on a ship and brought all the way across the Atlantic. We don't care. We want to force them to take our natural gas at much at a much higher cost. So that is what's happening. The Russian pipeline has been killed now, and um, and we're going forward with forcing them to buy U.S. natural gas. Uh, I was shocked to learn that the U.S. is now the number one producer of natural gas in the world, and. Uh, that's because of all this fracking that we've been doing. That's why all of the Midwest that didn't used to have earthquakes is now having horrible earthquakes. That's why people's groundwater is destroyed. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's all about money, man. It's all about money. I forget who said it, but, but you know, some political pundit said, do you think we would go liberate a country if their number one export was broccoli? Right? Like if Iraq's number one export was broccoli, you think we would have cared? Oh, he's such an evil leader. Oh, those poor people over there. I don't mean to go backwards, but I just want to button up the Iraq thing. Women on Iraq had the best standard of living in anywhere in Saudi Arabia. They had the most rights anywhere in Saudi Arabia before we got there. We bombed them back to the Stone Age, and now they're back in, you know, uh, it, it, yeah, they're 50 years behind now. Unbelievable. Not only that, 
but we use depleted uranium ammunitions, meaning nuclear waste in our bullets, right? So every bullet that landed in Iraq creates a, a wasteland, a nuclear wasteland for like a half-life of 10,000 years. So those poor people, we destroyed them, the, you know, the birthplace of civilization, the cradle of civilization. And um, I don't know if you've seen the movie, The, the Planet, of, Planet of the Apes, the forbidden zone in the Planet of the Apes. It's a nuclear dead zone. So that's what all of the Middle East is going to be when we're through with it. Yeah, that's awesome, isn't it? You know, you, um, there's a there's a documentary you can watch called um, Beyond Treason, and it's how Bill Clinton passed legislation to allow testing of drugs and chemicals and weapons on U.S. soldiers. And it also goes into the depleted uranium munitions that we used in Iraq, and it shows horrible, horrible birth defects that are rampant in Iraq now because of all the radiation that we have left there. Oh, it hurts my heart. So, you know, in times of war, don't pay any attention to the Western media. The Western media is always beating the war drum, right? We're always going to have to go save somebody from themselves, liberate them from their life, right? I mean, on and on and on. Iraq, you know, assassinating leaders in in Iran, bombing Syria for countless, Afghanistan for 20 years, Somalia, Egypt, Lebanon, Libya. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. You know, and here in the U.S., you know, your average, you know, U.S. citizen is a $400 emergency away from being broke. We're living paycheck to paycheck. This is the worst economic time that I've ever lived through. Food has just gone up about 25%. Gas has gone up 25%. This isn't because of inflation. This is because companies are greedy and they're price gouging, right? So right after we got done with a pandemic, when people were forced to not work for a year, then these corporations come and price gouge these people? Wow. America! F yeah! So, it's really, really disgusting when you look. It's really disgusting. What our media does, what the U.S. government does, we're not trying to help anybody. We're not trying to help anybody. Anyway... Thanks for listening. This was a rant from the road. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast and another thing with Dave. I'm very excited that we're on 23 different platforms in 46 different countries right now. So if you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do share with friends. Follow, subscribe, share with friends, share on social media. Help me get out there. Help me grow my YouTube channel. And another thing with Dave, I've got 1,200 documentaries on there. I'm on Instagram. And another thing with Dave. TikTok. And another thing with Dave. YouTube. And another thing with Dave. All right, people. Be good to yourselves. Take a deep breath. This too shall pass. Much love, everybody.